Hello and welcome to the Crack and Banter podcast with me, Reese, and my co-host, Luke. Luke, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me yet again on the Crack and Banter podcast. Yet again. I only agreed to start this podcast because I thought it would be done after five episodes. But here we are. We got got too into it. We liked it too much and we, we we haven't needed to stop yet. And you know what? One day we'll get a listener. You know, someday soon we're going to get that first listen. And, and when that comes in, it's going to change everything, Luke. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm glad you keep coming back until that day. Maybe after maybe after that, well, after we reach a certain mi- milestone, um, then you can stop being, it, being in it and I'll just do it myself. Yeah. Go on top. <laughs> podcast. Yeah, 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 for sure. For sure. And this is a podcast where we talk about all the things that we love. And uh, we just talk a lot of rubbish most of the time, though. And we have a fun topic coming up today, but we're going to start off, as we always do, with some news of the week. Um, not a lot this week, Look, There there was uh, a few game th- stuff that was announced because E3 happened, but um, nothing that blew me away that I really had any thoughts on. But did you see anything from E3 that excited you at all or you thought was interesting? I'm going to be completely honest. I didn't even realizing three was happening <laughs> yeah fair I, I only i only knew because i was looking up what happened this week to to record this and uh discovered that there was a few trailers for some games that came out uh at e3 but it was obviously all virtual and stuff and i don't think many people really i think the conventions generally are, are going declining a bit like regardless of obviously the fact that we can't have them in person at the minute i still think companies and and studios uh, for movies and games and everything are kind of not saving stuff up to drop at the conventions anymore as much you know i think they are just releasing stuff as not as and when but like yeah i don't think many people apart from maybe you know you have some big comic-con releases and like the whatever it's called the disney expo or whatever it is like those ones i think they will they'll always do announcements at them but I don't know if people are really saving up for it as much anymore because it, it doesn't seem to be, you know, I remember Comic-Con used to be basically after after that weekend or whatever, you'd have just, you'd, you'd know everything that was coming up for the next half a year, you know, or more. You'd kind of get all these massive announcements, really, really exciting, kind of big, big news. Um, but now it's a bit less so. The last Comic-Con, I don't really remember any big announcements, you know. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't know what that come from what comes from. I think probably if I had to guess, I would say uh, people uh, companies like doing the announcements on their own terms to a certain degree because mm. I think like a convention like that, if you make a big announcement about uh, your premiere game or a movie or whatever that you're mm. releasing, um, but then the next person comes in for their company and announces something that overshadows it suddenly you're not really in the news as much yeah yeah but if you release things on your own terms then you get to be the top of the news cycle for a bit yeah definitely that's just speculation but that's no that does make sense yeah it's the same reason you know no one ever wants to release a movie when a star wars movie comes out or whatever you know if something else big is like that week, then you release yours a week earlier or a week later. Um, so that, yeah, because sometimes it can still be something massive, but if there's one thing that everyone's going to be talking about, then regardless of how good or big your thing is, it just will be completely overshadowed. Um, so that, that does make sense, I suppose. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't have a lot of big, <laughs> big thoughts on any games um, that were announced or, or trailers or anything like that. It's just, you know they they bring games out all the time. What what do you want me to say? <laughs> um, but there was there was a trailer uh, for the new um, Pixar series, Disney Pixar Monsters at Work series. Have you seen anything about this? It, it's a Monsters Inc. sequel series uh, set in the uh, in the same factory, Monsters Incorporated, um, following on from the original Monsters Inc. It, it looks pretty funny. You know, I, I don't. I I think it's probably going to be like a one of those kids shows that is watchable by all ages kind of thing but it, it does look pretty pretty light-hearted and funny but have you seen anything about this yes i saw their man i thought i think it is interesting that they are using 
Apex are properly for television. I mean, mm. I think the closest there's been to that is there was a Planes TV series, but I don't actually know if Planes is considered Pixar. I mean, it's set in the same universe as Cars, obviously, but um, I have a feeling Pixar didn't actually make it. But I think it's a... Uh, it could sort of go one of two ways. I think if it's good, then everyone... Will, <laughs> the consensus will be Pixar and TV were a perfect combination. And yeah. Why, why didn't we get it before? But on the other hand... You know, there's a lot of name brand value attached to mm. uh, Pixar, and I think if this goes wrong, it could be a big misstep for them. Yeah, yeah, so, I think that definitely. Sure. Yeah, there's definitely been other things like that where, if you don't do the first one right, you basically lose all potential to to make good things. You know, in the same way that you know if. Uh, if Iron Man hadn't have been good, we wouldn't have any of the MCU. You know, Iron Marvel probably would have gone bankrupt and everything. You know, it's kind of the same where if you mess up or like the uh, the Universal Monster Extended Universe they were going to do with the Dracula and the Mummy and all of that, where they mm. they just they kept whiffing it, and it means we never really got to see a cool monster universe or whatever because they just kept making bad movies. You know um so but i i think it does look funny the trailer seemed pretty pretty funny um pretty along the lines of monster's egg i think it'll be a, a very fun watch um but yeah i don't really know if it's gonna be the the you know a, a world changing thing or whatever but if it is good that would be it would be very interesting to see it similarly to what disney's kind of doing across the board now of bigger budget tv shows that are for the most part on par with the movies you know um, I think it could be really cool to see that with like more animated properties as well. And um, that could be really interesting uh, and see, you know, things that aren't Marvel or, you know, real, real world or grounded, complicated characters to see, see like a very high quality show that is still kind of a, a lighthearted cartoon as well. I think could be, could be quite fun. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, so I think it's interesting uh, as part of a larger trend where you can see Disney are really trying to beef out what's on offer with Disney Plus because I mean, uh, mm. you know that's part of the reason people love Netflix, you've got the massive back catalogue of stuff to delve into and certainly I think it was one of the criticisms of Disney Plus when it first came out is what was on it was very good but there was nowhere near enough on it but I think they added uh, stuff from a lot of the companies they own. Uh, I, I, I don't know which of these were which started, but I mean, for example, they've got the stuff from Nat Geo now. Uh, they've mm. got all the stuff from the ABC network in America so, uh, and lo- loads of other stuff now. So I think it's interesting that you're seeing everyone now being put to work to really beef out Disney Plus because there's obviously there's Star Wars television series Marvel and and now there's going to be Pixar I think I think that is what they're trying to do at the moment is really sort of get a bit of bulk to the uh, to Disney Plus so as they can become the number two in the yeah maybe they already are number two I know they picked up a lot of subscribers I was just sort of assuming it was still Amazon Prime Video but I don't know, but I think they I don't want know. <laughs> to cement themselves as number two and then possibly in a few years, I'd imagine, try and overtake Netflix. Yeah. Because uh, Disney doesn't do second best. <laughs> <laughs> no, not not usually. Um, yeah, I, I know that they they surpassed quite by quite a lot the the goal for whatever it was, the end of last year or whatever, um, the goal they had set for new subscribers they had they had pretty much smashed that so they're kind of uh they have surpassed what they were on track to do so they're definitely well on their way to climbing up um in those ranks so yeah uh, but they they do they do make some good stuff you know and yeah i think that that does um it's nice to you know i i love marvel and star wars but i also i don't want disney and disney plus to be the marvel and star wars streaming service you know um, they have a lot of yes. great properties already, and they Disney probably more so than Netflix. 
make good new stuff, make good original stuff. Um, and I wouldn't want that to be lost just because Marvel and Star Wars makes money, you know? Um, it's it's nice to see. I know this isn't an original idea, but uh, to see, you know, new movies coming out and potentially then you, uh, it makes sense to use the things that are recognizable to start this trend off. But now that it's been quite established that they're making good TV shows as well, uh, I would like, I think it would be really cool to see a new Disney Plus original show that kind of isn't based on anything. Um, and I think this is a good way to build up to that kind of uh and ease people in a bit. I think uh, audiences are still a little bit scared whenever anything new comes out. Uh, so um, I think this is this is definitely a good stepping stone into that. But speaking of uh, Disney Plus shows, actually, last little piece of news I have is part of the uh, She-Hulk TV series that will mm-hmm. be coming to Disney Plus. Um, they have cast Jamila Jamil, who people will maybe know from New Girl. Uh, they've cast her as the big bad for She-Hulk uh titania or titania i'm not sure how it's pronounced um there's a villain i did not know anything about but i I had a little google before we started she is uh, has always been a she hulk villain and she is basically another super strong super endurance uh villain um but that was kind of all all there seemed to be about her so I, i don't really know what her whole deal is have you ever heard of titania before uh yeah don't really know anything no, I hadn't, I hadn't really heard of her before. I mean, I, I kind of knew very little about She-Hulk going into this. So um, I'm kind of interested to see a lot of new stuff with it, though, because, yeah, She-Hulk is a character I'm really unfamiliar with. So I, I think it would be um, this is a good opportunity to throw some new stuff at me that I don't know anything about. Uh, so I might stay relatively blind on this series and, um, you know, not try and look at the theories and the speculation online and stuff and actually watch it fresh um to see what comes out because yeah i I think it's a really cool character but i just don't know anything about she hulk so i'm excited for this actually um main thing i know about she hulk apart from her powers and stuff is that uh by day she is a lawyer Uh, Mm. so i i would actually think it's quite i would quite like it um well i'm trying to tell these uh, people how to do their jobs but i'd quite like it if um it, it sort of it did what uh, Daredevil did, where we have sort of um, a superhero who does have their own life outside of being a superhero. You know, you know some like uh, Captain Marvel or Thor who are, who are uh, the superhero that is their own yeah. guys. So I think it'd be quite interesting if we got a story that sort of uh, focused on the human side of things as well as the superhero side. Yeah, definitely. It's also, it's an interesting dynamic of like, she doesn't have a secret identity, obviously, because she's still big and green all the time. But um, so not having a secret identity, but still having a like normal life besides your superhero life is kind of interesting because it's still, you have the same duality, but none of the like secret keeping. So it, it's actually something that I feel like we've never really seen um, in superheroes before. So yeah, I think that's, I think it's really cool. And Listen, I, I like a crime procedural. So if that's what they want to make, go for it. I, I'll watch a I'll watch a law show. Uh, if it's got you know big green people and uh, action sequences is on top of that, absolutely. It sounds that sounds like a great show. Actually, that sounds like something I would definitely watch. Uh, superhero crime TV. I, absolutely. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I concur. That's. That's all we need to say. Yeah, we, we still don't really know anything about story-wise what this is going to be, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy to be a little bit more blind on this. I think it's a very cool character and just a very cool thing overall, so I'm excited for it. Um, but that's, that's all the news I have for this week. I'm going to get into our topic for this week, which I'm pretty excited for. Uh, now, you, you, can, you can change the name of this if you want. I wasn't sure what to call it, but uh, some listeners may, may remember a little while ago you talked about a show called Deadliest Warrior, I believe. Yes. And uh, in that show, it basically pits two uh, famous warriors from throughout history against each other and using air quotes, science, uh, decides which they think would would win uh, in a fight. Uh, we, we liked that idea, but we're taking it and adjusting it slightly so we don't just copy it uh, word for word. and 
in in that same very classic nerdy argument of who would win in a fight we are we are doing what i'm calling deadliest normal guy uh so in our version we are taking non-superpowered non-action characters from anything uh any kind of media or real life if you want uh whatever whatever you think but they have to be basically people who are not famous for fighting or being in action or anything like that so people who don't have fighting ability and uh, then we're going to decide who would win in a fight between those people um which i think is kind of funnier to to think about because a lot of this is going to be based purely on either how they look or uh their um personality you know rather than what they can actually do because it's pretty unlikely we'll have seen any of these people in actual fights before so i i'm pretty excited to talk about this look uh do you want to start us off who do you want to see fight why is this uh i can't remember what he's called but martin freeman's agent character uh from black panther versus mm-hmm. uh versus uh jimmy Wu, but Here's the catch. It's not a fight. It's, <laughs> and it's, it's not a fight. It's not close-up magic. Uh, they have to stop Ant-Man breaking house arrest. Ah, okay. Okay, so... Uh, okay, so they it's, it's which one would do it better, you think? Yes, yes, yeah. Okay, that's good. Uh, <laughs> because, of course, in a fight, I... I they actually would both have some degree of fighting ability. Uh, we saw Jimmy Woo take out those those guards, and uh, Martin Freeman has he was uh, a pilot at the very least. So I think they both have some action experience, but they are also both uh, almost completely useless at their actual jobs. So, <laughs> but not <laughs> the, close up magic. No, not close up magic. That they, I mean. I just looking at those guys, I reckon both of them probably have practiced a bit of magic. <laughs> um, I I can imagine Martin Freeman's character doing some card tricks in his spare time as well. <laughs> um, okay, interesting. Who would be better at stopping Ant Man from breaking house arrest? I think. Well, we already know Jimmy Woo is bad at it. That much we know for sure because he uh, is foiled by Ant Man several times in Ant Man and the Wasp. Lots but would Martin Freeman be any better? I guess that's the question we have to we have to develop or try and understand what Martin Freeman would do in that situation. See, I think I think Jimmy Woo, for as bad as he was, he what he did get very close a few times, and he was absolutely yeah. focused on keeping Ant Man in his house. You know that was pretty high on his priorities. Uh, was was you know number one obviously learning new magic tricks but a close second was keeping scott lang in his house and i don't think martin freeman's character would give it that much attention i think he would be looking at you know the un or the cia or whatever he's part of and and looking at other missions and uh you know political uh drama and espionage and all that sort of stuff and i think he could i think scott lang could break house arrest and be out for like two weeks before he would notice whereas mm. jimmy Wu, he knew straight away and he had to go and you know scotland had to set up uh things in order to stop him from getting found out i think uh i think it was martin freeman's character he could just he could just leave and martin freeman wouldn't even check uh for at least a few weeks um until he noticed so i think both definitely bad at it but <laughs> uh i don't know whether either would actually succeed but I think Jimmy Woo oh, would no, no. definitely be better at it. Uh, yeah. Oh, d- Jimmy Woo would. Jimmy Woo would definitely. Jimmy Woo would create some hassle for Scott Lang for sure uh, for Ant Man. But I don't yeah. know. I don't think Martin Freeman would actually even act as a foil to him at all. Yeah, I th- I agree with you fully. Um, yeah, you're right. Neither of them would actually be successful. The task hints, <laughs> uh, I said, uh, he would be better at it. I think <laughs> yeah. we're looking more. Um, damage limitation than actual prevention. <laughs> yeah, definitely. But I'll tell you, here's my, here's where I think the difference maker is. Jimmy Woo is always prepared. Yes. Uh, 
he does his research, he does his due diligence. He did, you're right, he did come up with a pretty good plan to stop Scott Lang from breaking house arrest. Whereas yeah. we can see from Black Panther, Martin Freeman's character doesn't always do his homework. He, yep. he wasn't aware of certain cultural practices on, when he went to Wakanda. There's, do you think Jimmy Woo would have mucked up like that? No, Jimmy nope. Woo knows you don't buy to King yep. T'Challa. Um, and of course, Martin Freeman couldn't keep Claw trapped in a room. I reckon mm. Jimmy Woo, there's no way he's escaping in that in that scenario, you know. So Jim, I would argue Jim, as as a reverse to this as well, I think Martin Freeman would be pretty bad at Jimmy Woo's job. I think Jimmy Woo would actually be really good at Martin Freeman's job. Uh, also, we don't remember what Martin Freeman's character's called, by the way. We're just gonna call him Martin Freeman. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think I think if the roles were reversed, Jimmy Woo would still be competent in in the opposite role. So the key is well, Jimmy you know Woo. Jimmy Woo knows to bring in people who are better when yes. needed. Like, yeah, yeah, he he, can, he got help. An expert at delegating. Yeah, he got help to deal with uh, uh Wanda and Wandavision. Mm-hmm. Uh, he wouldn't he wouldn't try, and he would he would know to get someone to keep Ulysses Claw under lock and key. Uh, yeah. there's no there's no way uh, that's like a one man job. It was. Can't lie, it was actually kind of foolish the more I think about it, Martin Freeman's approach to trying to keep Ulysses Claw trapped. Yeah. Yeah. Not the best. But love to both those guys, actually. Both really and, great characters. I definitely want to yeah. see more of both of them because, I mean, it's not really a, a hot take to like Jimmy Woo. I think everybody loves that character. Yeah. But, um, yeah, get both of them. Just get all of the, like, pencil pusher bureaucrats from the secret organizations in the mcu and just make like just make a show with those guys i don't anything i don't care what it is it could be about superheroes it can be not about superheroes it can be action focused or it could be just like a just a documentary just to make like the office (laughs) uh which martin freeman was actually in oh and uh jimmy woo i've forgotten yes he played jim halbert Um, (laughs) No, he played the in the British office. He played the character who then became Jim Halper in the yeah, American yeah. office. Yeah, whatever that character's name is in the British. No, I was I was saying Randall Park played Jim Halper. Oh, of course, of course, <laughs> <laughs> great. Anyway, moving on. Uh, but yeah, I think I think we've concluded on that. I think that's a good, a solid conclusion. And um, I'm going to give one that. This is just a traditional fight, uh, just standard. Um, they're in, you know, some kind of coliseum, whatever it happens to be. Although I am also, we both, in both of our first turns, we're both going to just bend the rules a bit. Uh, instead of having two people face off against each other, I'm doing a bit of a battle royale. And uh, my, my question is, who would win in a fight between the six friends from Friends? Who, who do you think is going to come out on top or how do you think that's going to go down? Um, what what do you reckon? Who's going Easy. for blood? <laughs> I've got, I've got uh, supporting literature. Uh, Ross, as he is the largest friend, would simply eat the others. <laughs> what? <laughs> what <laughs> makes you think that? You said you had supporting literature? Yeah, yeah. Futurama. There's an episode where uh, the alien king and queen, I can't remember their names, uh, are watching uh, Friends, and he says the line, why does Ross, the largest friend, not simply eat the others? Of course, of course. <laughs> so but that's anyway, what you okay. that's what you reckon? Uh, yeah, no, I'll, I'll let me think a proper answer. Right. Of course. Do I think we... there's, that, that does have some merit in that Ross, I feel like, is definitely the most breakable, you know, mentally, uh, probably the most potential to not hold back on his closest friends. Uh, you know, when they have to, when when it came down to it, I think Ross probably isn't taking much convincing before he starts snapping necks, you know? Yeah. It's, oh, it's important to know before I give my answer, has someone just and thrown away half of Ross's sandwich? Oh, I suppose, yeah, for the, for the purposes of this, we can 
we can select which point in time each friend gets drawn from and we'll say like each of each it's each friend in their prime so at which point across the across the show do you think each friend is at their strongest so i think yeah for sure for sure yeah ross someone has just eaten his sandwich and and he thinks it's probably one of the other friends i think that (laughs) for the purposes that will make him at his strongest definitely um sandwich ross fat monica yeah definitely the strongest easily easily uh i reckon street phoebe yeah joey uh at when he is protecting his meatball sandwich uh that episode because he he will put everything on the line for it so you know that's his that's his mental game going into this um when are rachel and chandler at their strongest oh i think nihilistic rachel because she's got nothing to lose you know where ross has just gone to the to the airport uh with uh with his girlfriend or man yes. and you know it's, it's and she's got like the plaster on her forehead that, yeah that yeah is nothing to lose yeah that that is that does make sense uh and i guess there's a question for chandler is is he stronger when he is uh happy and you know living his living the the good life with monica and he's doing his advertising job that he loves or is he stronger when he is uh doing the job he hates <laughs> the, the office job that he hates but is good at and has uh worked for it for ages and despises going to work is he stronger then when he's single and sad and alone does that make a man stronger or weaker uh, for the purposes of, of a fight potentially I, I, stronger but also that- then he has more to lose if he's happy, which then would maybe make him want to fight the others more. It's interesting. That Chandler, um, that Chandler, I think, had no motivation, though, and no real energy. Mm, I'd tell yeah. you what Chandler might be good. Uh, Chandler, with luck on his side, so we're going to have to duplicate Monica here. It's uh, Chandler in the casino with lucky Monica. Oh, then luck's yes. on his side. Yeah. Or potentially, uh, does Chandler see everyone else as uh, Richard? Because that would definitely make him uh, <laughs> make him probably uh, want to kill everyone else. So Richard potential... made him angry, but he was scared of Richard. Oh, very true. Actually, yeah, very true. Okay, well, I think I think Lucky Chandler. That makes a lot of sense. Okay, so between them all. Who do you think comes out on top, though? Or who do you think's going first? Anything anything about how you think the fight would go down? Yeah, okay. After all that debate, all of that, um, trying to find which Chandler would uh, be there. Chandler's gone first. I'm pretty sure Street Phoebe just stabs him. Uh, Phoebe, yeah. I think, I can't think of any specific examples, but I'm pretty sure Phoebe's talked about Chandler being the weakest before. So, I mean, I think <laughs> Phoebe Street Phoebe instantly launches at him with a knife. Yeah, got- Street Phoebe is definitely targeting the weakest first and taking them out with with no remorse. So I think that makes a lot of sense. As soon as the as soon as it goes down, she's going straight for the the whoever she thinks she can kill the easiest. And yeah, Chandler, lucky or unlucky, is out of there. Okay, then I'll tell you what I think happens next. Fat Monica. Is and is definitely going for Ross straight away. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean, those two. Basically, every flashback, I feel like the fat Monica. She fought Ross at some point. <laughs> yeah, that that does make sense. And he, the episode where they start living together again, when Ross moves in with Rachel, uh, and they just start fighting within like a few days. If this is if this is a period of time where monica did live with ross and was that angry at him i can fully see her uh just going for it the question is would she beat him or not because ross again at this point i think they cancel each other right oh yeah they they both die (laughs) yeah so we've got we're down to our final three now street phoebe nihilistic (laughs) rachel and sandwich protecting joey yeah oh i I think again. I think Street Phoebe shows no remorse. Rachel's gone, stabs her potentially. Uh, or, but I think also 
nihilist Rachel, I think might might fight even dirtier than Street Phoebe. And you know, while she doesn't have a knife, she might be grabbing that knife off of Street Phoebe and and stabbing her back. I I'm not sure. Uh, I think there's that's that's a scrappy fight there. No one's coming out of that clean. Like, but maybe I, okay. I, I think Phoebe with a weapon with, alone might might do it. I think we're left with. Uh, severely injured Phoebe versus a Joey who has mostly let the fight pass him by so far. Yeah, well, he's been eating his sandwich so far, and then I reckon at one point someone almost knocks it out of his hand while the other fights are happening, and that's what triggers him. That's when he knows, okay, it's them or me, and uh, I will oh. only get to enjoy the rest of this sandwich once everyone else here is dead. <laughs> so I, I reckon that's probably what happens, and then. I think I think an unskilled sandwich protecting Joey is probably going to to take out Street Phoebe in in that case. Also, Street Phoebe did live on the street when she was a, a lot younger too. So, in, in pure physicality, I think Joey might take this. You know. Oh, oh, yeah. I I still think Joey probably does take it, but you have to remember some of the references to Street Phoebe are terrifying. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah. it's hinted that she did some bad bad things. <laughs> Yes, she was on the street. Yeah, definitely. Uh, by no means an innocent woman. Uh, <laughs> and yeah. honestly, I mean, it's it's never said specifically what she's done or explicitly uh, how just how bad the thing she's done is. But I reckon there's a lot of potential that she's a bad woman who deserves to die. So <laughs> maybe maybe Joey uh, is doing doing the world a favor at that point. Um, sure. We'll see. But I think I, I think that decision makes a lot of sense. I think Joey has taken that, and he, then he sits sits on his pile of bodies and enjoys the rest of his meatball sub. Uh, the new I guess king of the friends does that make him? I guess that means he is a, a definitively the strongest uh, strongest single moment character is when Joey protects that meatball sub. That is. The strongest point <laughs> across the entire show of Friends, um, yeah, it makes it makes sense to be fair. I like yeah. it. I, just, I like that decision. I, the the only problem I can foresee him having is even sandwich protecting Joey. I just there may be a moment's hesitation of him uh, taking out Phoebe, which could be enough for Phoebe to get uh, a quick killing blow in, but. Maybe. I think, I think if he's really incensed about his sandwich, he's just got too much strength for anyone else to overcome. Yeah, and I think also as as we see when he protects that sandwich, his his not only his strength and uh, courage are amplified, but also his reaction time. You know, his reflexes are, uh, you know, shoot up to an omega level at that point. Uh, you know, he's almost faster than a bullet. Uh, so I I think even if Phoebe went for the killing. I think Joey probably hesitates. Phoebe goes for the the throat, but Joey's lightning fast reflexes allow him to dodge out of the way and you know trip Phoebe before she before she even has a chance to think about it. Uh, I think he does he does enter a borderline superhuman state whenever whenever his sandwich is in danger. Uh, so it, that's a pretty hard one to compete with. I think uh, fair play. Congrats to Joey. <laughs> Maybe maybe it wasn't fair. Maybe that he's not a normal guy. Actually, maybe that's the problem. Um, do you have another one for me, Luke? Um, okay, Frodo with out Sting and with out Sam. Versus... Without the ring as well. Oh yeah, without the ring versus regular um, Frodo. Yeah, yeah, regular, absolutely useless pile of garbage Frodo <laughs> that's why I said without Sam yeah he's, he's nothing without Sam Wise. no um versus Harry Potter from uh the last Harry Potter movie but he doesn't have a wand or his invisibility cloak or yeah um, no magic basically or or any of the Deathly Hallows and yeah. he's not got Ron or Hermione to save his ass. And... So it's just two two chosen ones uh, without the thing they were chosen for. Yes, and without any of the people that they need to save their asses all the time. Yeah, 
yeah without any of the useful people who actually do stuff it's just yeah. the two <laughs> the two morons who kind of have to carry the story until the end but don't actually do any of the stuff uh, yeah. um there's definitely this is definitely a, an inept battle going mm. on i think there's a lot of uh you know high school boy type fights of just grabbing each other's shirts and rolling around a bit <laughs> i think that's going to be most of it uh, it's going to be mostly that until they both get tired um but hmm, i guess harry is has a somewhat a certain level of uh, grit from growing up under the stairs and uh living a real tragic life I guess that gives him some some grindedness that maybe makes him a little bit of a tougher fighter. Uh, he's probably also toughened up a bit because that I, I would say almost certainly he was getting some some smacks around the head from uh, from his evil aunt and uncle. So maybe Harry's a little bit tougher, but Frodo got Frodo's got those big Hobbit feet too, good for kicking. Mm. So it's a tough one. It's a tough one. What what do you think? Well, here's the way I'm looking at it. Basically, I think we're talking about maybe a fight. No, I think Harry, because of his size advantage and, mm. and weight advantage, you'll only need to get tag Frodo once or twice to finish the fight. But yeah. the thing is, Frodo is a hobbit. Whilst he is useless, he is extremely nimble and quick. Yes. And yeah. I think hobbits have strength that outweighs their that that's greater than their size like it's not the yeah. same as having a human the size of a hobbit they they have greater strength than their size it could be wrong i think they do mm-hmm. i i think the thing here is i think frodo can do a lot of damage with kicks and bites and stuff yeah at the mm-hmm. i think he might just have this you know it's I honestly can't see Harry actually getting hit in on him because he will be so much more nimble and quicker and hard to hit. Yeah, I could see I could see Frodo maybe, I mean, you know, as you say, kicks and bites kind of around the legs and knees and then probably scrambling, climbing up Harry's back to get him in a chokehold, I think is probably how I would see that going. And uh, I mean, Frodo, innocent as he looks, I mean, he killed people, you know. Uh, Harry, Harry almost definitely did kill people, but more kind of the by accident. I didn't kill this person. I just uh, pushed them off a ledge, kind of way, you know. Um, but Frodo, Frodo did stab people and stuff. So, uh, I, I guess, and he is probably the more, yeah, the more natural fighter in the, yeah, just his his Hobbit uh, heritage gives him that nimbleness and and strength, as you're saying. So I think, yeah. It wouldn't take much to for Harry to knock out Frodo. I think Frodo is a fragile boy, um, but I think Frodo. I don't think Harry would actually get any hits in, as you're saying, before Frodo had him knocked out and was kind of biting his ears off or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. Frodo does almost go Gollum when he has the ring. You know, he almost breaks, uh, and I think we see the potential for him to be quite crafty and uh, pretty pretty harsh in a fight so i think i think frodo might take that yeah i think i think you're right i think you're right the only thing i would like to add is this purely the characters i like elijah with the daniel radcliffe's absolutely destroying him in the fight oh yeah daniel sure. radcliffe's got like he's he he's he's just got a bit about him i think if there was a, that he would absolutely destroy <laughs> yeah right, well i mean the... yeah Har- harry potter you know team team guy probably isn't going to do much fighting daniel radcliffe crazy a crazy man who would definitely punch you in the face you know <laughs> daniel radcliffe looks like he could be pretty desperate to punch someone a lot of the time you know not in a bad way just like if the offer was there and he wouldn't do it to not to be mean no he wouldn't do it he wouldn't do it to be mean i think it's just the sort of thing where if you were like do you want to punch me he'd probably be like yeah okay you know and not not to be nasty just because i he probably would enjoy the experience of uh unleashing a few fists on someone you know um but i think in in terms of the characters harry potter is not doing that so we got to give it to we got to give it to frodo 
Um, I I have one that I think is could be quite funny. Um, in a battle of battle of the wise wise old dads, uh, I've got Uncle Ben from Spider Man versus Pa Kent, uh, from Superman. Um, two two guys who are already dead, uh, who impart some wisdom. They die a lot. They die a lot. Yeah, two guys who have died so many times and almost exclusively die like that's pretty much what they're famous for um but this is the but the rules the rules for this fight is neither of them are allowed to die of their own accord it has to be the other person they can't have a heart attack or get shot by someone else they they have to fight each other and so that those are the conditions for for this um i guess all you have to decide which version of each character it is again or just will we just say the comic book versions? I was thinking Man of Steel and okay. Sam Raimi Spider Man. Okay, cool. Well, all right, but if we go by that, the the Man of Steel Park End is a moron. Just just an idiot. He should not have gone right. back for that dog, nor should he have stopped Clark from saving him. But he real, he, real bad decisions. He is heroic. But yes, her- yes, foolish heroism. I suppose that that is true. That is true. Uncle Ben just, I, and probably physically a, a bit more imposed. I think he's just a bit younger than Uncle Ben was in Sam Raimi Spider Man as well. So on, potentially back end, but he is definitely dumb. I guess it depends if there's a nearby uh, hurricane or not. <laughs> No, you said they couldn't die of their own accord. Oh, of course, of course, they can't die of their own accord. <laughs> so he can't just be uh, an idiot. To me, in my mind, as soon as I heard the match up, there was there there was one clear winner in my head, and that's uh, Parkin. And I'll tell you why: Farmer mm-hmm. Strength. He, yeah, he's been fucking uh, bales of barley since he was a boy. True. A little, little True. Aggression there. Uh, that man. <laughs> Is going to pick, um, uh, is going to pick Uncle Ben up and turn him into an actual bag of rice. Uh, <laughs> he's going to twist him in about five knots into him, and Peter Parker's just going to look along like the little bitch he is and not do a thing. <laughs> that yeah. Do we do we know what Uncle Ben's job is at any point? Dying. I mean, he ain't a dying. He ain't a farmer, that's for sure. Uh, he's a city boy. He's I mean, a city boy. An amazing Spider-Man that Peter Parker's parents were some sort of spies or something. That was, that was my interpretation of it. Um, yeah, but Uncle Ben isn't his dad. Uncle Ben's just a guy. Yeah, I know. I, know. I think the Parkers so I, are like I don't... scientists or secret government workers or something, but I think Uncle Ben's just a... Yeah, he's a city slicker, you know? Yeah, so... I don't know if any of that's rubbed off, but I just, as I said, I think the strength difference is going to be unreal. I think Parkin's yeah. going to tear the man in half. He's yeah, tear him asunder. True. I think Uncle Ben slightly better role model, but Parkin is uh is going to kill him. He's going to kill that guy. <laughs> there's no, there's no way around it. He's going to find a pitchfork somewhere on the field and. Pack, our Uncle Ben is uh, is going to be pretty pretty hard to uh, to stand against that. So I, I think you're right. I think Pack and taking that country boy strength, you know, can't yeah. can't match it. Can't match it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, do you maybe have like one more or so? Yeah, yeah. I'll I'll finish on a good one. Okay, Jack Black. Nice. Real life Jack Black. Yep. is placed in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Mm. Can he defeat all the exes? Ah, excellent. Well, I think for one, I think Jack Black is figuring out very quickly that this is a movie universe, you know, uh, yes. where there is some like fourth wall breaking. And I and I, I don't know if his strength is amplified at all by, in this scenario, but I think his storytelling ability is definitely going to come through. Uh, I think he is sort of in that um, in that comic booky world. He's probably going to create big scenarios that can help him. You know, kind of that thing of like if you think it, it can be real because he is. 
I think Jack Black is going to instantly fully understand what the situation is, and I don't think he's going to ask questions about it. You know the way, you know, traditionally in a in a movie like that where you get sucked into another world or whatever, there's always a, a bit of time of the character not understanding what's going on and not believing it. I don't think Jack Black has any hesitation. <laughs> I think he, as soon as he's in, he's gonna he is committing to that, and he's he's in it for the for the whole ride. Um, but I think, yeah, I think he could. I think Jack Black definitely has a chance. I mean, obviously, he has the musical ability of Scott Pilgrim. Uh, mm. He has the the mental ability to uh, to outsmart. I think a lot of the the exes as well, and then also just the sheer power of rock and roll. You know, is is always on that man's side. Um, Big guy think, as well. I think he's got physical. Yeah, strength. exactly. He also has physical strength, which Michael Sarah does not. So he actually, it's kind of. He kind of has a better chance than Scott Pilgrim, to be honest. The main problem I keep coming across in my head thinking about it is I think he will just try and fight, straight up fight Chris Evans' character. Uh, that's where yeah. I could see him potentially losing it. Yeah. If, if he is smart enough, like uh, Scott Pilgrim is, to avoid the Chris Evans fight, he will do it because he, as he, as you said, he is he is stronger than Scott Pilgrim and will easily win the Battle of the Bands. Yeah. But I just think he will try and fight Chris Evans' character in this scenario. Or I could see a problem. I could see actually a, a different scenario, a, a third different scenario where he doesn't defeat Chris Evans, nor is he defeated by Chris Evans, but he actually manages to convince Chris Evans to join him, which would be a very different uh, play out for the rest of the the fights, I, I think Jack Black could maybe, you know, um, woo and talk up Chris Evans, you know, big up his ego enough to to maybe convince that character to fight alongside him. Maybe, maybe. Um, I mean, Jack Black also just very lovable guy, you know, a very easy guy to get on board with. And I, he, I think he could maybe, you know, he starts kind of... Uh, Maybe he, he sings a little rendition of uh, a Wonder Boy esque theme, but he makes it about Chris Evans and, and Chris Evans, you know, he's like, I don't have a song yet, you know, kind of thing. He's, he doesn't have a theme tune just yet. So maybe that's what he needs. And Jack Black writes one for him on the fly and then and then they join forces. That's a movie I want to see. <laughs> Jack Black and Chris Evans joining forces. Uh, I, I could see that potentially happening. And or maybe that's what he does the whole way through. He doesn't defeat any of the exes. He just builds an army of them, and he is the new leader of the exes. <laughs> and they they become an unstoppable rock band slash superhero team. Maybe maybe that's what happens. Is, the only problem is if you take the uh, Ramona Flowers description of the exes, they are evil exes. And if oh, we were course. to take that face value and say that they are inherently evil and mm-hmm. bad people then I'm yeah. not sure Jack Black would want to join forces because I the, Jack, Jack Black's not going to join forces and create an army of evil true you know, maybe, he, maybe he builds maybe rock. he builds maybe he builds an army in response then he builds a a super team to go up against the the exes I could just I can see Jack Black building a team I don't know why uh, I can see he, he he gets the maybe that's his, the first thing he does is he he goes to the local school he he builds his school of rock team and he takes them with him on the on this mission so a lot of kids die but apart from that Jack Black I, I think he could do it I think he could the do only album he needs potentially is Kyle Gas yeah yeah that would be great. I mean, they're they're definitely winning if, if we allow Kyle into this as well. But it would be close. But I I think I I believe in Jack Black enough. I think he could do it. I think he could go all the way. Yeah, I'm pretty confident he could, as long as he gets over the Chris Evans hurdle. Yeah, that's that's the toughest part. But I have faith, and I think Jack Black could could definitely do it. Um, but it would be a tough it would be a tough battle but I would like to see it <laughs> nonetheless. All right. I can finish this off with one. And uh, maybe this is, maybe some of these characters will be unfair just as we're thinking about them, but I'm going for, I'm going to do one more battle Royale and it's uh, 
all of the it's this is actually a team based one it's every every group of uh adam sandler and his friends characters in every adam sandler and his friends are in a movie movie uh appear and they they each have to fight each other what group do you think could come out on top so oh. you can you can pick whichever ones you want but <laughs> too uh, easy yeah. too easy uh front runners for me and that's uh the longest the football team from the longest yard and the oh, football yeah. team from Waterboy. Fair, fair. They are definitely the well biggest teams already. So maybe maybe it's not a fight there, maybe it's just a football match. Oh between it's a football uh, match. That's interesting actually. So yeah, let's let's do that. It's the team from Waterboy and uh, the team from the long, longest yard. Oh, couldn't say that there. Longest yard. Uh who's winning the football match? That's a good question. That's a tough one, actually, because, I mean, okay, so, I mean, the team from the longest yard, uh, c- correct me if I'm wrong, but that had several ex-NFL players, it's not several, mm. but there was, there was definitely, like, one or two, wasn't there? Plus, I think so, yeah. Some serious big guys, like the great Cali. Mm-hmm. But... But then, of course, the Waterboy team is an actual football team as well, you know. Mm-hmm. The, um, the, 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 that won the, the championship. Uh, was a, yeah. Which would indicate that a fair number of them would be good enough to be drafted to the NFL. Plus, they obviously have Bobby Boucher. Yes, of course. Yeah. Tough, tough. You're the tight. sports expert, though, on the, on the podcast. Uh, I think... I, I just can't see a team that's got Bobby Boucher in it losing. Uh, the, the guy's incredible. Yeah. Uh, if if someone in the other team says Gatorade hydrates better than water, he will <laughs> go insane and will run through them all. Yeah. I, I, I'm 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 having a hard time looking past a dub for the Water Boys. Yeah, I think I think that that does make sense. It's. I mean, that is definitely the stronger Adam Sandler character between the two teams. So mm-hmm. I, I think if we if we can sort of assume that the rest of the teams are relatively evenly matched, uh, I think it probably comes down to the Adam Sandler character. And yeah, Bobby Boucher is tearing through them, I think. <laughs> I think it's game over. But I, it would be a good match to watch, though, for sure. Either way, it'd be a fun mm-hmm. one. Um, yeah, I... I think you're right, look. I don't think there's much of a, another way to do it. Um, shout out to the the group from Grown Ups are there as uh, they're playing basketball at the same time. <laughs> just over in the corner. They're, they're there to play basketball and they just all... They, they die, even though this one isn't a fight. They just all die. <laughs> Regardless, they get killed I even in know. this they're... thing that wasn't a fight. Grown Ups almost... Have... That crew almost got like tin force in their size. Like some of the <laughs> things that happen to them and they just brush it off are insane in those movies. True. True. I think the real winner here is Steve Buscemi. Uh, <laughs> that's the real winner. He comes out on top in a full body cast. Um, and he's the, he's the cheerleader again. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I, I like that. I like that. I think it's good. We we never, we didn't actually plan this, but we, uh, we have both gone for um a few options that don't necessarily have to be fights or aren't you know uh we aren't being too strict with the rules of this game which i i like i think it's good to include some alternative options instead of just uh it doesn't have to be fights uh every time but i think i think we've i think we've pretty pretty much nailed it of course if you disagree with our decisions um we're right actually sorry so um that's the end of it we just we are correct so you know that's that's it these decisions are final uh they are they are fully correct they're based in science so you can't really argue you know they are they are fully based in science and and science is right so it'd be hard to argue with me and look are both professionals this is what we do uh we have studied the art of deciding who would win between two random characters at various tasks we we studied that both of us extensively so you know if, if you want to if, if you have an alternate opinion feel free to voice it um but it's just incorrect and uh, well, 
if I if I could address the people who have a different opinion, I would just say that I personally can't remember. That is to say, I personally can't remember asking for your damn opinion. Exactly. Great. Great. So, you know, we're right. Basically, the, the long story short is that we are we are right about I wanna say everything. Is that I can't that remember being wrong. No, I, I think yeah. Yeah, I think we, we have literally been right about everything for our entire lives. Which is weird because sometimes we disagree. So that's mm. <laughs> that adds a ring that's a adds a little uh, paradox into it, but we exist in a state of constant flux. The universe yeah. has a tendency to head towards greater entropy. Uh, mm. Things become more disordered as time uh, comes along. But I can guarantee at no point will I ever, ever ask for your opinion. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, It's If there are two things, two ultimate truths in this world, it's that I am always right and Luke doesn't care about your opinion. Those things are true. <laughs> Uh, everything else, you know, is is up for argument. There some some truths are aren't all that ultimate, but those those two things, those two things for sure. Call, call this the Declaration of Independence because we hold these truths to be self-evident. Nice, good one, great little little history joke for you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, one one thing that is also for sure is that um, we we are hilarious one hundred percent of the time, and our jokes are always good. So make of that what you will. Anyway, <laughs> the next segment, I had a lot of fun talking about that, but uh, the next segment is, have you seen this? This is where we talk about what we've been reading or watching or playing throughout the week. And we just have a bit of a talk about it. Um, no, I'm not going to spoil any of this, but look, have you seen Loki? You Loki? I have seen Loki. Nice, nice. Uh, yeah, Loki, the new Marvel series. I'm sure everyone probably knows about it already. Uh, just started coming out this week. Um, I haven't really watched much else, so I, I didn't have much to talk about. But yeah, I'm not going to spoil this at all. Um, I'm just going to say it started off very, very strong. I really like it. Um, only six episodes of this, and then we'll be doing an episode on it, same as we have done with the other Marvel shows. Um, but yeah, I really like it. really like the tone of this one. It's different again to WandaVision and Falcon and the Soldier, which is nice. You know, we're kind of getting a lot of different uh, different styles and, and different options for where Marvel can go kind of in the future. So I, I really, really loved the first episode. I'm enjoying it. Excited to see the rest and excited to talk about it. But yeah, no spoilers, of course. <laughs> so but it was the only thing I watched. So look, what, what have you been what have you been seeing? Um, OK. I'm just trying to get this name right. Okay. All right. Have you seen Ultimate Barbecue Showdown on Netflix? No, I have not, but it sounds amazing. Mm. Okay. So, uh, for your, for you and for the people at home who haven't heard of it either, uh, mm-hmm. basically, I want you to imagine the Great British Bank Off and think, what would happen if this show was originally created in America? Uh, and you, yes. would, you would arrive at Ultimate Barbecue Showdown, a competition reality show where eight, I think, of America's best grill masters compete to be crowned the Ultimate Barbecue King or Queen. Uh, God, that so, just sounds like a show that's going to make me so hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... I would, I would say, I love barbecue. Of course, uh, I think, it, it, I think it's pretty much as good a way as any of getting your meat cooked. <laughs> yeah, I said, I thought about that. Describe what barbecuing is there. Um, it's a it's way to cook meat. In my head. Anyway, Not much history. It is a way of cooking meat. You're correct. So, and I love. Also love cooking shows, and I do have a fondness for competition. So all mm-hmm. of these elements combined to make something I think is personally very entertaining, and put some great food on show. Yeah. Uh, it also, <laughs> it also has been a showcase for some absolutely brilliantly eccentric characters 
Uh, Excellent. I think my favourite of which... Well, there, there was one guy who was definitely going to be my favourite, but then he went out in the first episode. So I couldn't get him anymore. And then there was Boat Wright who went out in like the second episode because he couldn't cook sides. Because as he kept saying, I'm not a sides guy. My wife cooks the sides. <laughs> <laughs> but I think my favourite character has been uh, Grubs, who is a self-described grill billy. Nice. Uh, I love Grubs for a number of reasons. Uh, what one uh well the, the first reason was i mean uh, the whole grill billy thing the man the man speaks like i don't know if you've seen king of the hill the man speaks like boom higher <laughs> yeah uh king of the hill I, I have to watch this show with subtitles or else i have no idea what most of them were saying the man speaks <laughs> like a minigun uh with the thickest southern accent you'll ever hear uh second Excellent. and second of all other reason i love him there was an episode where they had to cook frontier meats and he was so in his element because <laughs> he said, this is, be- this is even better than real killer because you don't have to pick it up off the side of the road. <laughs> <laughs> what a quote. What a so, yeah. qu- I want that. I want that, you know, stuck on, on the wall and like in that live, laugh, love font. <laughs> <laughs> this is even better than road killer because you don't have to pick it up off the side of the road. <laughs> Beautiful. In a way, life is a lot like that, you know? Yeah. It, it really is a, a great metaphor for how to live. <laughs> and finally, I love the man, because he's not said he's from the same location twice in any episode. I swear, <laughs> the state he says he's from has changed at least 10 times. Oh uh, I mean, he said that the last episode was from Louisiana, I'm pretty sure before he said he's from like Georgia, Arizona, <laughs> North Carolina. The, the man is beautiful. The man was beautifully insane. Um, <laughs> so yeah, basically the whole show just takes my favorite elements of America. It's got it's got great sportsmanship as you would expect from a cooking mm-hmm. show. It's got barbecue. It's quite frankly insane but it's that sort of like good insanity that america produces you know you see things from your america and you're like what is yeah. going on over there yeah, yeah yeah and so much of it comes from the south of the america of usa because it's like those people have been left out in the sun a bit long like their brains are all a bit cooked <laughs> yeah um no it's that great. sounds great i mean i'm I, I you know i'm a big fan of great british bake off um and i think format wise they sound kind of similar but in the, oh, same, yeah, way that, in the same way that bake off was like okay and and uh british people do quaintness and uh kind of wholesomeness uh very well so that's going to be the, the foundation of what our show is built on and then you know w- taking that format and then m- but making the root of it insanity because that's what american barbecue grillers do well <laughs> feels like uh, an easy way to make completely different shows that are kind of the same idea uh and i i love that both both of those sound great to me by the way i'm not saying that either of those is a bad thing um absolutely it's a format that i already love just with a slightly different base and the base i absolutely love the sound of as well so i feel like i'm probably i'm, I'm gonna try and give that a watch do you say it was on netflix yeah yeah excellent yeah that's that sounds like something i could definitely get get into excellent um no that sounds that sounds great uh and definitely a way to make me hungry oh my god i i love watching cooking shows but i hate watching them for the same reason because i just get so hungry then go to make some food and realize that i am never going to cook anything as delicious as what i've just seen and then i get a little bit sad and like eat a pot noodle or whatever you know (laughs) um so that's that's always the only bad thing about watching these shows but still still definitely worth watching um yeah that's that's just gonna about do us for today you good to wrap up i am call me taco bell because i'm gonna crunch wrap up is that is that a classic taco bell phrase uh no but i think they sell something called a crunch wrap i've had ah, okay. like once <laughs> great no that's... live mass great live mass people of course of course anyway you have been listening to the crack and banter podcast thank you very much for tuning in 
If you want to get in contact with the show, you can head to Instagram, Twitter, Reddit. We're on all of those. You can send an email to crackandbanterpod at gmail.com. If you want to ask us any questions, recommend us anything to watch, uh, feel free to just drop a comment there or send an email through and we'll get to them all. Um, yeah, thanks very much for listening. And look, can you close us out there, please? Yes. Thank you for listening to the Crack and Banter podcast. Baby, you can drive my car. Beep, beep. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. I've been Luke McKay. He's been Reese Devlin. Please do join us again next week if you can stomach it. <laughs> <laughs> See you next week, guys. Bye-bye. Thank you.